0: Hello, and welcome to the sickest politics podcast in the UK. (laughs) And that is sick, not in the early 2010s colloquial term, just the most medically ill podcast.
1: We have both minds. And that is a fact. That's not a fact in the slightest. Tell me.
0: Small colds. Tell me that, like, an actual newspaper or something would have two people that sound snuffly (laughs) on a podcast together. Yeah, we weren't here last week because we were setting up a new computer, which is what all this is running from. Um, so it should look slightly better, maybe even in 4K. Mm, that's exciting. Um, but we weren't here because that kind of knocked off our whole system and our system is still quite knocked off. And I was off. on holiday. Uh, and Ben was on holiday
1: and Zach was on holiday. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, but we're back. Um, we're back. <laughs> not in best form. <laughs> we're not. But we are back and we're ready to, ready to do it all over again. So, some stuff's happened. Some stuff
0: has happened, yeah. Beyond our illness, our setting up a new computer, in your holiday. <laughs> How many times have you mentioned that throughout? I mean, if, if we'd got an excuse, we might as well use it. Yeah, Normally, fair. we
1: don't have an excuse. Yeah. Let's start with mini budget then. Mini budget? not just that small budget. right no quite quite significant and well i was going to say unfortunately but it is it was a bit it was a big one um what was introduced during this mini budget then what what made the mini budget bigger than we thought so there's this is so just to start with um it's a mini budget because <coughs> basically the chancellor didn't want presumably the amount of i'm just going to power just through. go through it um we told them we're all yeah the chancellor presumably just didn't want um the scrutiny on that you would normally get from uh, independent financial uh, institutions yeah. Uh, which you would normally get with a full budget so it it's not mini in terms of substance there was a lot that comes with it yeah um it was it was Truss and uh Kwarteng's first chance to so sort of mini, outline mini is a misleading term from the beginning then it's right, just a yeah. less regulated budget it's a less regulated budget it's still i would say it's more significant well it's more significant in the sense that the amount of tax cuts it's the most it's the largest tax cut since the 1972 anthony barber yeah uh, budget which which is quite infamous for cutting tax so it's cut a lot of mm-hmm. tax so i'll just run through some of the sort of headline things from, Go for from it. the well i'm going to call it from here on out i'm calling it a budget in you're scrapping the mini in technical terms it's not a budget yeah but i'm annoyed that it's not because they just did it to sort of avoid the full scrutiny of a budget yeah so i'm it looks I'm, I'm taking like a, a stand Jack. yeah it's i'm calling it a budget from here on out Big fan so of in it. the budget yeah. um they cut uh, income tax to 19 percent Yeah, Uh, from from 20%. 20%, So it's only a 1% reduction. It's not huge, but that's something. Okay. Um, The government estimates that about 31 million people are going to get £170 more a year uh, from that. Yeah. Um, The 45% rate of tax for higher earners has been scrapped. Um, in England Wales Northern Ireland that was people earning over 150,000 yes. pounds a year so there is now a one single higher rate of income tax of 40% so is...
0: anyone earning more than 50,000 pounds is
1: paying the same rate on everything yes. over 50,000 pounds irrespective of whether you earn 60,000 or 160,000 yeah uh, so that you know that 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 which
0: leads to some weird scenarios where if you're a like a graduate earning 50,000 oh, because we'll you've got that. the all that stuff Get some fun maths yes, in there. Let's not get ahead.
1: 200 enter- entertaining tweets. Let's just you know we'll, we'll run oh. through. But you're right. It is. It, Thank there you. There are some quite interesting uh, uh, sort of anomalies from this. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, we we sort of knew that she'd do this based on the the run up to the. Um, to, to her session to prime minister yeah um she's going to reverse the recent um rise in national insurance yeah um so that's that's going to be undone that was the national insurance rise that was supposed to pay for uh health and the, social care correct yeah so she's she's got rid of that so the do we he- know if that money is still being spent i it's not clear i haven't seen anything on this okay. so i don't think it's been made clear whether they Rory to- knows off camera they said they will commit to sustaining the level of funding as if it was still in place okay We right. you didn't so, hear that so, yes, they are going to, I'm just going to pretend that, that I know Yeah, this. just cut that out. Rory's not sick. He's not allowed on the podcast. No, sick boys only. Yeah. Sick. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh, now we can't cut it. Don't like that. Keep it in. Um, Scarlett. keep that in.
0: So, this was the tax rise. that was meant to be covering the new commitment to health and social care. Yeah. Obviously, with that tax rise now scrapped, yeah. is the money still going to that? Because that's obviously an important issue for a lot of people.
1: just the fact that I'm having to pretend that I know this, and everybody in this room knows that I don't and everyone um, watching we've not added any of this out this is all still in so yeah they are actually keeping the same level of funding yeah. the amount of tax revenue is going to be reduced because obviously you know they're cutting, cutting back, back. Yeah. um so they're going to have to do this through borrowing but they are maintaining the the amount of money that will go to the to okay. social care and the health service so that's the second thing you know that's that's you know the, the national insurance they're rowing back on that yeah corporation tax rise you know in line with that scraps they're scrapping that that was meant to go from 19 Nineteen to twenty five. Call the binman, because we're throwing a lot out. Yeah, absolutely scrapping Put it. Out t-shirt. Um so that's that's remaining at nineteen percent. Um they're the sort of main ones. The only other big the only other big one is stamp duty. Um yep. so there's gonna be no stamp duty on the first two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Um so or four two five for yeah. first time buyers. Or 425 Stamp
0: duty buyers. being the tax you
1: pay on house purchases. Um actually there's a a couple of other things we sort of knew beforehand so obviously on, this maintains the so the energy policy we spoke about this last week so they're uh, fixing uh, the average household what they're going to pay for energy bills mm-hmm. at two and a half thousand pounds yeah they've now estimated we were, we were sort of speculating about this last week they now estimate that that's going to cost about 60 billion pounds over the next six months so just to put that into perspective when we were talking <laughs> last year about um the test and trace system NHS mm-hmm. test and trace and how much that cost that was 37 ish billion pounds yeah which is which was seen still. as an ungodly figure like hu- that is humongous
0: arguably more wasted too to but be fair but
1: 60 billion pounds going yeah to approaching so double unbelievable well you know I'm sure later we're going to talk about the impact from this budget yeah and you know just bear that 60 billion pound figure in mind because that alone is, is massive m- yeah monstrous let alone makes. all the
0: other tax receipts that are being reduced she's also theory unless
1: as we mentioned last week as well she also um scrap well i say she he quasi Kwarteng did this yeah uh, bankers bonuses yes. so uh, the rules about the maximum amount that banks bonuses we we're discussing last week whether they'd just be increased or scrapped they've been scrapped yeah so uh, previously it was 100 percent of your uh, earnings or 200 with shareholder approval mm. you could have as a bonus no longer the case so that's the a lot that's the budget i'm still referring to it as a budget um so there's a lot of stuff there so obviously good news if you're a banker yes good news if you're
0: about to buy your first home. yeah if you're just i don't know a sick little boy at home does this help you? Who is this budget benefiting?
1: Um, well, as part of the 1%, Jack, it uh, benefits you. You're going gonna, you're gonna to be, you know, your third mansion. Well, gonna be. I'm be then. TLDR Towers is expanding. Uh, Jack's very happy. Um, on the plus side, Jack has gone, but on the plus side, there's going to be less coughing through the podcast. So, back. Oh, he's back. Oh, dear. Um, so basically, you are right. It benefits the rich, very much so. Um, I didn't say that.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a cynical okay, thing fine. to say i'll say
1: that it benefits it very much benefits uh the rich i think the data is on your side there the data yeah the data is very much on my side okay so the uh resolution foundation has actually done some analysis into this it okay. is an independent think tank so they reckon that london and the southeast could gain an average of about one thousand six hundred pounds okay uh, per person yes uh households, so households. A Household. okay um due to f- fridays what they're calling a fiscal statement what i'm calling budget a budget um this is about three times as much as those in wales uh, the northeast and yorkshire uh, wh- where they predict people will it'll only benefit households by about 500 pounds yeah. um they also think that the poorest fifth of households will gain an average of 90 pounds uh, the middle fifth uh losing about 780 pounds and the top five percent of earners gaining two thousand losing uh yeah the middle fifth losing 780 pounds how does that work uh the resolution foundation thinks that they're going to lose 780 pounds okay um thank you very much that that is my question answered yes um you know the bottom line here is that the the rich are very much benefiting from this low-income people are very much not um that you know the overall part of the budget she Mm -hmm. seemed to have announced as as we've just gone through a lot of things that will benefit richer people yeah there was very little support for so when boris johnson was leaving office there was a lot of talk about the increase in energy prices Mm -hmm. um there was some suggestion that this would be up to his successor there was talk amongst journalists about some um, targeted support for low-income households there's none of that I know I know that they're fixing um, uh, energy prices at two and a half thousand pounds but that's not through a windfall tax that's Mm -hmm. increasing borrowing which is going to have to be paid off at some point which is on top of uh, the pandemic borrowing Uh, test and trace obviously included in that um, and there's no targeted support for low-income families. So those that, that but just 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 to put into some perspective, at the beginning of this year, <coughs> energy bills were on average about one thousand two hundred and seventy-ish pounds. Yeah. Um, for average households, you know, being fixed at two and a half thousand pounds is good. You know, that it's not going any higher than that. But mm-hmm. That is still double. You know, yeah. low-income households are still really going to hurt from this. It's really going to be, be found difficult. You know, there's been Martin Lewis over the weekend who's been talking a lot about this. There's been the, the, um, Laura Koonsberg did a show. They had. Um, Couple of economists and you know people mm-hmm. on there, and they were talking on there about the fact that uh, the amount of people using uh, value brands at supermarkets is sure. going up. Those going to places like Lidl and Aldi mm-hmm. are going up. There are families that are going to Tills uh, at supermarkets with a number of things and saying getting to a point on the you know the conveyor yeah, and then saying we're done. That, that's where we yeah. can't afford any more than that. You know this is you know this yeah. is in you know 21st century britain that this mm. is happening there was no targeted support for low income families there was a lot of people really hurting at the minute and this budget seems to very much demonstrate who her government is on the side of um she's 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 made very clear early on that you know bankers bonuses can yeah. double now to put the the opposite side of that i was going to say that, now they would argue they would argue that this is for growth yes that this stimulates growth that this is needed you know, there is some evidence for that. There are some think tanks that think that this is the way to solve the current economic problems by encouraging growth. Yeah. But um there's some sort of controversy over the weekend about think tanks that Liz Trust is aligned with. Yeah. Uh, have thought this, and that it's it's almost experimenting. That this isn't known that this is going to help, and that they're turning Britain a little bit into a bit of a policy laboratory to see whether this is going to work. You know, only time will tell. Yeah, um, some think tanks obviously think it, it could work. Some some don't. It's obviously an inherently political um, decision. You know, yeah. we're talking about almost traditional conservative low tax versus Labour higher tax. I know I mentioned this last week but uh, in the last few years it seems that the Conservatives and Labour um, ideologically have become a little bit more similar, you know David Cameron (laughs) socially centrist if not left, Boris Johnson has obviously uh, increased tax and spent quite a lot Mm -hmm. so you know the difference actually on ideological terms is, has become maybe a little bit more narrower and they're widening again yeah. um so yeah it's it's quite an interesting it's an interesting budget and it, it certainly sets the tone for the trust era
0: yeah and it's interestingly a lot less um a lot less populist than anything we would have seen out of yes. Johnson's government this is actively and I'm I'll ask for your kind of take on this and what the reaction has been in a moment but I mean, a lot of the reaction has been negative, even within conservative circles. Of and obviously course. on the left, they're not going to like things that are blatantly hands out for already rich people. So this has been an actively unpopular policy. They're not shocked by that. They might be shocked by what's happened to the pound and like how unpopular it's been. Mm. But they always knew it was going to be unpopular versus a more Johnsonian policy, which would often have a real populist skew. So I guess there is something interesting there that this government while it is following the footsteps of some of johnson's kind of strategies and some of his like rhetoric and his attitude towards the civil service and all those things there's other areas in which they're acting really differently and this is something that i think johnson would have been far too scared to ever execute rightly or wrongly that might be a good thing that he would never done this but yeah trust clearly isn't scared of people saying you just are out for rich people because she's basically is saying yeah well there's a couple of yep, things that's here that's what the graphs
1: say well yeah exactly there's a couple of things here i think firstly it's that and i feel like i'm going to be saying this quite a lot on this podcast which is that truss has very much made clear when she's running uh, in the conservative party leadership election that she is a right-leaning figure that's yeah. why she won um there's a lot of Members of Parliament that sort of expected her to do some quite right-wing things in in contrast to Johnson, who was a lot more populist. Um, so she's a lot more ideological and ideologically right-wing. So uh, there's there's a point to be made that you know we shouldn't be too surprised no. that she she went down this line. I think why people are surprised is firstly how quickly she's done it, yeah. and secondly just how much there is. You know how 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 quickly and how much she's cut tax so early. I mean, there is an argument as well from her (coughs) her perspective that she's sort of reducing the tax burden to pre-pandemic levels. Mm -hmm. So Johnson's government sort of increased tax in the wake of the pandemic, you know, the the social care levy the national insurance rise was very much an attempt to, to readdress the balance. You know, there's a couple of other things as well. Um, so the, but, the, I mean, the, those
0: things were introduced to handle the costs of the pandemic, the knock on effects of the NHS, all of those things. That's why they raised corporation tax, which I imagine is something Rishi Sunak wouldn't have wanted to do, especially so drastically. 19 to 25% is a big leap. And those were designed to solve specific issues that the Johnson government identified and thought needed that funding. Mm and they were already borrowing a lot of money and then Truss's government come in none of those problems are even slightly solved I mean a lot of these things are being rode back never even came into force corporation tax never did national insurance barely did and they're already being taken back and that funding is either being scrapped or being replaced by this this comes back to what I I mean obviously they'll argue growth whatever but it's a different fiscal strategy yes totally and
1: she you know um as as we've said before her argument would be that that this is the way to do it because this would encourage growth and grow the economy which is Mm -hmm. what's required Um, you know the the critics of her would say that it means that um, borrowing money in the future is going to be more difficult that we're going to spend a long time paying this off um, (coughs) that it's not helping low income families you know there are criticisms of this but her argument would be that this is what's required to grow the economy which Mm -hmm. is ultimately what is Uh, required at the minute um so again that that is her 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 policy and I suppose making comparisons like that while useful you know it's important to bear in mind that that it's a completely different strategy it's a completely different way of thinking about a problem she's she's trying to go for a different solution Mm -hmm. um to to this problem which is why it's been such a turn of a, a change of course
0: it's also going to be a difficult strategy I think electorally in a few years time because tax cuts are obviously popular but these tax cuts are so targeted towards the wealthy that just the proportion of the country that care versus the proportion of the country are more annoyed by it if anything these tax cuts won't help her they can't make the argument of label borrow a bunch of money magic money tree because they're doing exactly (laughs) the same thing and also they can't make the argument of we're spending on stuff because they're not so they kind of all of the core economic arguments you can make no matter whether you're coming from the left or the right you need to lock onto one of those three we'll cut your tax we'll increase spending we won't borrow too much and they're kind of failing on all three now as you say they'd argue this is part of the grand strategy but 2024 is not that long away it's hard to imagine that the grand economic turnaround is really going to show up in that time period if anything with global trends it's really going to get worse even if their strategy is a good idea in the medium term short to medium you're not going to see the returns of that so it'll be interesting to see kind of the reaction now versus the reaction in 24 because i think right now it's hard to see how they could argue it do you want to go a little bit into the reaction more generally to
1: yeah i mean well there's there's there's, there's two things just on that point which sort of answer the question about the reaction yeah. so the, the first thing is to do with polling post-budget you know when we yeah. were in, in the johnson um, government labor were ahead by uh, at times about 10 or 11 percent yeah which was pretty good you know yeah. double digits that's a pretty healthy lead for not Labour. insurmountable
0: for no, often the incumbent
1: all. will be behind but good for Labour certainly so there was sort of anticipation that there'd be maybe be a bump yeah um, with Liz Truss uh the lead of Labour now is about 23 percent okay so I actually read a bit of an error here um it's not a 23 point lead across the UK that was specifically in Wales so it's actually a 12 point lead across the whole of the UK which gives them uh you know if you work out from those numbers a 56 uh, seat lead in Westminster so it's not a 23-point lead it's a 12-point lead but the point remains the same that Labour are very far ahead in the polls at the minute so Labour are on about 46 (coughs) percent the Tories are on about 23 percent which isn't good uh, and if you translate that into seat majority they reckon it's about 59 or or in the 50 seat majority I can't remember the exact figure but it's in the 50s uh 50 majority which is which again is a healthy lead yeah definitely so you know as you say this I, I would argue probably will make 24 quite uh, a difficult thing for trust especially because the perception amongst the public uh, the reaction among mm. journalists and things like that has very much been that this looks to be a budget for yeah. the wealthy it's bad messaging if nothing else well the, the communication strategy as well on it is it has not been good it was not communicated no. you know very well at all that this is a, a budget that is aiming to increase growth this Mm -hmm. is necessary for the country etc etc seems to have sort of been announced and because it was on a friday we've then had the weekend and there hasn't really been much of the government actively taking like a proactive approach to try because if you were the government at the minute making this surely the last thing you want is for this to be perceived as a budget Mm -hmm. for the wealthy you need this to be perceived as this is necessary yeah. for us to address the financial yeah. uh, concerns of the country. So you'd want as many ministers going out as possible to go, no, I'm, I understand why this looks as if it's yeah. wealthy, but this is required. If you genuinely believe that it's yeah. required, you, you that, that that is basically what's required. And there's just none of that. The communication strategy has not been good on this.
0: And admittedly, it's hard to get an economic message across any time. Economics is kind of a complicated topic. Yeah. It's harder than other things to communicate with the public. But even with things like austerity, which is kind of a similar ish message I mean obviously the opposite direction ones giving money to rich people ones taking away kind of kind of benefits and kind of the core things that poorer people rely on um but even still it was a broadly unpopular policy but there was a clear messaging around it about this is the sensible thing to do this is the prudent thing to do this isn't going to be fun but we need to take our medicine like this is how we need to like improve Mm. And sure, I mean, austerity still isn't popular and never really was. But at least there was a clear strategy around that, around we're not the fun party right now, but we're being sensible with the adults. And it's it's not going down that way. I mean, you can you, if, if anything, it looks kind of reckless. Yeah. And especially in when uh, can, like when you're putting it right next to things like the bankers bonuses stuff, it does just look a bit like a big old party for a certain class of people. And as everyone else is struggling, whether that's whether that's true, whether that's an accurate representation or not, if that's what people are seeing. Just,
1: just obviously trying to play devil's advocate slightly. Um, I suppose their argument with bankers bonuses would be that you need to encourage certain uh, people to remain in the country, to yes. come to the country, to pay tax which in the country. Which is So allowing them to, <coughs> to have higher earnings than maybe some other countries yeah. would allow them would encourage them here, which means they'd pay more tax here um, in in the grand scheme of things. So that, that, that would be potentially their argument on that. And um, it's interesting as well, just going back to your point on the Conservatives, uh, just generic ideology. Yeah. There was a, quite a good uh, joke on. Have I got news for you on Friday, which was that um, L- Labour are very much seen as sort of the the uh, tax and spend party. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- th- they have high taxes mm-hmm. um, and and they also spend. The Conservatives seem to be doing sort of the opposite of that in the sense that they they are well, not not even the, the full opposite, that they're spending, yeah. but they're not taxing. It's low yeah. tax, high, high spend, spend. It, which yeah. is just, it's almost a, you know, some would view that as sort of a fantasy sort of like...
0: Which is what they've been accusing Labour of for the last well, exactly. 12, 15 years.
1: So it's a, it's, it was, it's a weird situation. It's a weird start to the... Uh, uh, Trusty's sort of premiership and even on the banking
0: thing i think the the argument i agree the argument to be made is around keeping people in the uk attracting people to the uk also it's a fair argument to make bankers are almost a completely unique exception of a time when the government limits bonuses and like pay structures that almost never happens elsewhere so there is an argument to be made why are we regulating this this is just yeah. a remnant of eu rules from post 2008 and it should be got away with but that's almost a better argument than anything they ever said like i've heard a few people saying that but not really the government saying that this is commentators have made this argument but that's a great line yeah going going after these things as benefits of brexit even if it doesn't help you even if like as an individual this isn't helping you and it's making things worse for you like making it
1: attaching it to brexit for a certain segment of the electorate that is a good that will convince people which is again another interesting point because over the weekend it's been suggested that liz trust might try and relax immigration rules to the uk to try and encourage foreign nationals to come work here because they've realized that they they need uh, lower skilled workers in things like the service sector Mm -hmm. um which Obviously it's kind of the opposite of what a lot of people thought Brexit was for. So you'd think that if that's being speculated over the weekend, you'd try and then spin a anything uh, else. Anything else to be a benefit of Brexit. For example, bankers' bonuses, this was an EU imposed thing, we can grow the economy by getting rid of this bureaucratic EU rule. You know, and we and can differentiate, about, ourse- differentiate ourselves yeah. from Europe, from Frankfurt, from wherever exactly. else. Like, but yeah. she's not not done that. So the communication strategy has been a mess. And talking about that, I feel like there's the um, uh, Fulbrook uh, yes. story. Let's move you know, on. Talking about bad communication yes. strategies. What has been happening? here? Give so, us so a r- Ma- Ma- rundown. So Mark Fulbrook is the um, uh, like the he's a, a close aide to uh, Mr. <coughs> he's uh, the chief of staff. Yeah. So that, that, that that's very a big, important position. Very, very important position in Downing Street. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you remember, Boris Johnson's premiership ended because there was a lot of scandals mm-hmm. and and, and uh, accusations that there were sort of slimy, backhanded dealings that and when they came out, Johnson often didn't either lied about them yeah. uh, and didn't handle them well, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically a lot of scandal, a lot of sleaze. So, um, Fulbrook is the chief of staff, mm-hmm. but he's not actually on government payroll. Okay. So, he's still on the payroll for his own uh, lobbying firm called Fulbrook Strategies. Sure. Which was set up in March. Now, his we- the website currently displays a message that says that uh, Fulbrook Strategies has currently suspended its commercial activities, mm-hmm. but he's still being paid from the lobbying firm. There's been some suggestion <laughs> that this is the case so that he can avoid tax, so he doesn't have to tax his income. Now, obviously, Downing Street has denied that. Uh, you know, but it's an incredibly strange situation that the chief of staff is not being paid through the civil service nor the government but through a lobbying firm. Now this is particularly difficult for Liz Truss because her predecessor was ousted because of scandals Mm -hmm. about tax, about you know, uh, obviously the last scandal was to do with a a particularly sleaze and you know some awful accusations about a particular member of government that he allowed to remain a member Mm -hmm. but throughout the course of his premiership there was a number of different scandals that sort of built up and the fact that in the first proper week of a premiership after the morning period she's already got a, uh, an, a a scandal about um possibly one of her chief advisors avoiding tax yeah and the fact that as uh, the time of recording nothing's changed on this he remains in that position he remains being paid from through his own yeah. firm Book Strategies um you know it's it's she's not taking a proactive approach to this in which, the same way that johnson didn't yeah which uh,
0: having just seen her predecessor fall you'd think exactly she be more proactive yes. about it
1: um so obviously she hasn't been.
0: no obviously both of these things look bad for trust yes. she's not been in office all that long no days yeah um there are reports already that mps are submitting less of no confidence now admittedly there were reports on day one that people had already submitted less of no confidence um so maybe a certain pinch of salt maybe whatever there was mm. uh, she was never popular with the majority of Tory MPs so she always had an uphill battle but yeah there's reports over the last couple of days that following the budget following this scandal following what's happened to the pound that we've not even got into in this video mm. um in this podcast sorry um that following those three things there's already these less of no confidence going in what do you make of that? Generally, do you think that's something that trust ought to be concerned about? And more specifically, do you think that I- any of these scandals have contributed to that, and could potentially
1: contribute to a wider downfall? Yes, there's a lot here. Um, yeah. F- firstly, I think um it, <laughs> I know that this is a bit of a cop out, but it all kind of depends on the number of no confidence letters as to whether she should be worried. And as as is the nature of no confidence letters, we don't, we don't know, know how many are in. Yeah. Um, so, there's been a suggestion this morning. I, I, I've seen that Sky News has suggested that, that Anne MP mm-hmm. has sent an a confidence letter. If it is Anne yeah, MP, you shouldn't be worried much. at all. Yeah. Like, that's nothing. Um, the, obviously, the concern is, and I know that we keep going back to this, but it's really important that she represents a narrow wing of the yes. Conservative Party, a right-wing faction. Now, there's a large part of the Conservative Party that don't subscribe to those economics, that don't subscribe to that way of government, yeah. and that are frustrated with the way that she started her premiership. Now, this could be an indication that the centrist wing, or even the centre right wing of the Conservative Party, mm-hmm. are already to start have started growing weary yeah. of Truss's economics, her way of running government. Mm-hmm. Um, I would suggest that the budget has probably pay, played a very large role yes. in that, possibly the full book story as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that <coughs> it sort of indicates to her that she needs to depart from sort of the, the, the Johnson scandal era because yeah. Johnson was ended by scandal Um yeah. it's a bit too soon I'd say to suggest whether this is you know that this is enough to end her premiership so whether she would need it would to, be wild like there's yes. no way it's over yet but no of course not I mean the MP said and I just you know they told Sky News about this we don't know what who the MP is but mm-hmm. they said uh, they, they accused Treasury Ministers of playing A-level politics, A-level economics with uh, people's lives. And they added that the issue of government fiscal policy is opposite to Bank of England monetary policy. So they're fighting each other. Yeah. What quasi gives, the bank takes away. You cannot have monetary policy and fiscal policy at loggerheads. So it seems yeah. that their opposition is to do with her fiscal policy and that being at uh, loggerheads with, with monetary policy. So perhaps, you know, th- that, that could be all the point with all of this is that it's a bit too soon to tell it all depends on whether this is uh, this opinion is uh, representative of of a wider conservative party but we've known from the start that she represents a narrow wing of the conservative party who by all accounts this weekend seem very happy with her seem very happy with her fiscal policy and all that yeah i'm sure they are because she's doing what right, they wanted. she's doing right-wing politics which yeah. is kind of what we expected or we should have expected we just didn't expect it this quickly and this hard yeah um so they're happy it's just whether she can maintain the center, you know the center and center right of the party and you know it's, i think it's a bit too, too soon to tell yeah it feels,
0: even if they're very unhappy it'll be crazy to throw away their leader yeah and that I, would and she'd have. Like, to, they're, yes. they're surely concerned by all of this, they surely don't like what it looks like, they're concerned about 2024, they're concerned about their constituencies, whatever else, but they also know that if they threw her out now, like, there's concern, and then there's securing your fate, like, mm. if they were to throw out another leader... No matter who the new leader is, that is pretty much nail in the coffin for 2024. Like that, that's enough to kill them. So I guess even if they don't like it, they're gonna have to really not like it. I
1: think people are really. I think to be fair, Tory MPs are surely quite rattled by a 23 point lead from Labour. Oh, and rightly so, I think. Yeah, that that is that is scary lead for them. Um, so that's probably (coughs) probably not great. If you can't recover, I I think in the next few months, honestly, in the next few months, if you can't recover that polling. if if she continues with this this right really right-wing monetary policy Mm -hmm. and it continues to especially in the face of cost of living if that continues to get worse as expected at the same time that their polling's getting bad yeah i think then she really really should start worrying but it's very soon that could be a real trust issue that trust has issues yes (sighs) well i think that's all we have time for today yeah i need to go and uh have a lem sip or something i need to blow my nose um (laughs) From these two sick little (laughs) children, I say goodnight. Goodbye. That is an awful ending.
0: They're always bad.
1: Yeah.